Interview recorded summer 2023. Alright, cool. I think we're good. Sean's voice has been digitally altered for the purposes of this should recording. We, should we give it a go? We are our generation's postmodernists. If it gets rejected twice, that's actually quite a good sign. Is a music video game set up for directors to fail? Art can't always be created in a state of safety. This goes back to the idea of why we call it the trenches. If people in the US feel it's rough, or people in France feel it's rough, it's probably roughest in the UK. If you really want to survive this game, you want to try and be always thinking two, three, four, five years ahead. The music video game is a cycle of people referencing each other. Yeah. How, like, how do you feel when you see others copying your work? So welcome to the Trenches Talk podcast today, guys. And we have a very, very special guest. I'm quite surprised you managed to lock him down, but we have arguably one of the most interesting directors to emerge from the UK music video scene in the 2020s generation. So today, I'd like to welcome Sean Ferron. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me. Kind of kick us off. Can you describe to me what a director does in the modern day? Kind of like in reference to being a director is kind of a multifaceted thing. Like you have to direct, you have to market, you have to analyze. How do you view the role? There was definitely like a an outside facade to how directors are perceived as these sort of glamorous entities. But, you know, underneath it all, behind closed doors in the studio, in the lab, like we're, we're creative directors, we're creative strategists, we're artist development, we're data analysis, we're sentiment analysis, audience analysis, we're coaches, we're therapists, even dirty words like marketeers and marketing, like we're doing all of that, you know, and uh, I think it's fine to embrace a less sexy description of what we do, because that's what makes us, you know, well-rounded. What are the pillars of Sean Ferron? I like progressive thinkers, I like futurists, I like purveyors of lateral, outside-the-box activity. I like disruptors. And I look for those pillars in everything. It's just about finding that wavelength and finding people that are aligned and adjacent to those pillars. And, you know, their pillars are my pillars. Their success is my success. That's who I'm magnetized by and, you know, vice versa. So do you consider yourself an auteur? Uh, I think auteur is a, uh, it can be a dangerous word, I think, in this business, because it is a people business, it's a collaborative business. People fear the idea of the auteur, I think, because, you know, like conventional wisdom is that, you know, like the artist is, uh, the artist that you're working for is the auteur, you know. Uh, and, and I do, I, I think, I agree, I agree with that. The artist is the auteur, two auteurs can coexist. I think sometimes in this business, there is a sort of suppression or neutering of of the artist, of the idea of the artist and the auteur. Um, even though it's celebrated more in like Hollywood and feature filmmaking, the culture in our sector of the moving image industry, I actually think it's a little bit counter to kind of neuter and suppress the idea of us having these auteurs around us. Like a lot of these directors are auteurs and they're very brilliant and I think sometimes they're afraid to, to express themselves like they are and that can be auteurs. But I think we should we should, we should should celebrate that idea sometimes. You know, I'm surrounded by people in this space that are auteurs, they're rock stars, they're superstars, they're rap stars, um, they're generational 
you know. Do you kind of view the director's role as a person who kind of is in charge of progressing the culture? You know, for generations, music video directors especially, they've shaped like pop culture, music culture, world culture. If we're going to get real philosophical about it, that should be everyone's goal. Like your goal beyond sort of um, natural, inherent, narcissistic need that we all have as human beings to, to win. It's good to acknowledge the bigger picture. How we should all be thinking, how can we push culture forward? Or at least like give people the tools to feel um, that they can have freedom of expression, you know? Can you detail a specific moment that solidified you? Whatever that moment was, it was pro- it was most likely a failure, I'm sure. It was probably a series or an accumulation of failures that they teach you to kind of fail upward. Sometimes you need a little bit of suffering to like induce growth and the film business, like if you're really serious about this shit, um, especially if you're serious about survival, you need to be willing to uh, to go through the trenches. So talking about the current day and your current work, how do you know when a project is right for you? You develop uh, instinct and intuition over time. Some of it goes back to those pillars that you mentioned earlier. If something meets the criteria of that, that philosophy that I have, I can just see that myself and this artist get together, we sit in a room, we can work out a vision that can really elevate their journey as an artist and their evolution. So in your eyes, what makes an original idea in reference to like no idea is truly original? So how do you overcome that? All original, quote unquote original ideas are but a, there are some of their unoriginal parts. And that's what really excites me. Zooming out and seeing the originality of something because it's the synthesis or the cross-pollination of a series of ideas, artistic and creative conditions. That's what I think makes something feel like it can be, you know, oh, this is an original voice and original vision. Not because, like, it's made up of, like, all these absolute novel things that we've never seen before. And sometimes people just do incredibly brilliant updates or remixes, you know, of the past. We're just, a lot of us just remixing the past. I agree with you 100%. Like, I think ideas are done over and over. But, like you said, it's the formula that makes it different and which develops it and progresses it. A simple idea which you've seen over and over again like a video in reverse but like if you do it in a way that is a little bit different like the lighting's different the colors different the set dress is different the aesthetic is different the content the content of what you're seeing on screen is different you know it's like a i especially love i love when i see like innovative uh, narrative angles you know there's so many interesting stories and things and events that are happening all around us especially in like a fast-moving contemporary culture and sometimes i look and i see certain tropes or repeated uh topical ideas and videos and i'm like why are we not doing like the, the cutting edge on the pulse version of like whatever that you know content for that scene or that moment is for example i remember a couple of years back you know there was a, a song 
and the title of the song was Money, which is you know, something we've sort of seen as a common trope repeated throughout music and cultural history, if you go all the way back to whatever, uh, ABBA, ABBA, <laughs> like, you know what I mean, like, um, and then I remember I saw a video where, you know, it was very literal, like, the song is called Money, and so, of course, the video is filled with the most on-the-nose, obvious little thing, which is money. But why am I looking at old-world uh, fiat currency? We live at a time of the Bitcoins, the Ethereums, and uh, digital cash. And there's so much you can do with, like, a concept. If someone had you a song called Money, that you don't need to, like, just do the most obvious, slowest, common denominator ideal version of that. And I think that's, like, that's what I mean when I say try and be the person that approaches something from the lateral angle because there's two types of wisdom there's conventional wisdom and this is going to sound very arrogant but there's exceptional wisdom and that's not in my opinion that's you know you're going to meet a lot of people who are well educated but they're well educated in conventional wisdom and what you have to try and be sometimes is the person in the room who you know not, don't force being a contrarian that's not what I'm saying but Definitely, like, do you know what octahedron is? Octahedron. Really? It's uh, it's like a, it's like an octagon, but it's like three D, like a three D. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So you got like a multi-dimensional shape, right? So like a lot of people will they'll observe something from only one vantage point, and they only sort of see, yeah. So they're only like seeing one dimension, right? They're only seeing like one of the eight sides of the octahedron. So I would say to people, you know, spend enough time examining something from every single angle that you can try and find the lateral angle. I think that kind of just goes into taking risks and like some people naturally have that in them just to like take risks, you know, yeah. you know, be cheeky about it. But that's also something you can pick up and learn. Like you can learn to kind of take calculated risks Absolutely. and then like you just turn it up a notch each time. And Absolutely. I, I think that's that's like kind of going back to what you're saying that's where you progress and that's not only progress like the culture but like you know you have to have fine progression in yourself to then go on and progress for other things that that are you know in the industry in the scene etc etc we're cut from the same cloth bro yeah <laughs> i agree with you man like calculate risks is 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 great Every now and again, like a little bit of naivety doesn't doesn't hurt. And sometimes there is a beauty, especially in like younger creatives. I want to give like younger creatives like hope as well that you know you're probably you're you're probably carrying something that's like a groundbreaking, generational, game-changing idea. Like you probably have that in you, um, and it might even just come out naturally by accident. There's a classic adage, right, which is you you learn the rules first, and so you're learning how to break them. Yeah. But you learn the rules first, you know? Because the thing is, I basically see it from, like, two points of view, which mm-hmm. is, I like, I love organic creativity. I love the idea of, like, a 16-year-old um, Chief Keith not knowing what the fuck he's doing mm-hmm. in his in his um, his mum's empty yard with just his boys, a bunch of straps, a DSLR camera, a YouTube platform, and just doing something, like, incredibly grassroots and spontaneous that just feels like, oh, that's... Um, you know that that's uh, uh, that feels like a seismic moment, like in culture, and like 
though that shit was accidental but also like i i enjoy that as much as i really love seeing people evolve as artists and then do something at a point in their career that feels like it's the culmination of something that they've almost been working on spiritually it's like a through line a spiritual through line that's just like been running like through their whole career i love those kinds of artists man those are my those are my favorite sort of trajectories yeah. you know um, yeah yeah like i agree you have to be like delusional enough or naive enough right at the start that that you think you can actually do it and then you try and make it happen and that's kind of where it might fall down is in the actual execution of it but like you still have it inside you and you know you know it's there but yeah, it's yeah. different than making it into an actual physical thing definitely yeah yeah so kind of like moving on what makes the music video format the one for you to be straight with you bro like you and i are probably not that different in the sense that we're both probably like i, I, I sense we're like music geeks like <laughs> both of us i know you're a music head i'm a music yeah, head as well definitely. so you know what i like to talk music culture and i like to just just bathe in it yeah, you yeah. know working with artists working with managers we just spend most of our time just like geeking out over music culture it's not the easiest world to be around it's not the easiest sector to work because if you look at like the moving image industry it's almost like a three-tier cake and one might say the bottom layer is that's music videos like that is the trenches right there right it's it's working like the hardest sector of the industry it's a test and you find you know the workflows people will try and graduate their way to like the second layer which is um advertising and buying the content which then sort of becomes art by committee often um but they spend their time cutting their teeth and exercising and perfecting their craft and having a lot more freedom of expression in that music video field freedom of creativity you find is is be a little bit more open i think that's what's exciting like i'm attracted to the rush of it all like i find it quite addictive mm-hmm. um i get buzz working in a space that has that sort of live wire energy uh cool i call me a masochist like we probably do you know what i mean like we probably like many of us are quite masochistic and there probably is like an incredible sort of like dopamine uh hit that we get you know trying to sort of survive this shit and like make stuff happen and um and and then then seeing the response from the world towards like the work because i do think like music visual culture it is i believe it's far more uh resonant and impactful on the world and people than commercials and advertising that might be a controversial opinion i think it has it has more positive impact definitely yeah, yeah. and then the top layer is that's features narrative television something that many deem as like the prestige like side of the movie image industry i find that those top two layers there's more sort of conservatism in those spaces and sometimes a slightly more narrow state of thinking whereas like especially in like the music video world you've you're often surrounded by like the architects of culture at a very diamond in the rough stage in their careers and i think those are the people that are ultimately going to affect the the world of you know visual languages that's what excites me the energy of the space the spontaneity those those new age thinkers and just being surrounded by like music geeks and film geeks all the time man you know you know you're talking about the the layers 
is that something that you would like to progress through? I mean, that's always the dream. But like, if we can be kings just here in the trenches, you know, then like maybe that's sometimes good enough, you know. So how would you navigate the opportunities that come to you to create music videos with artists? You know, like do artists artists hit you up directly? Nowadays it's like it's more artists and um, and their teams hit me up. Uh, and that's just, you know, over time you sort of you earn your reputation. So chat to me about the U2 video because yeah. that was a madness, first of all. Congrats. Appreciate it was it. such a sick video. But like from the outside, it it was a bit of a weird connection. So so what made you pair street visuals with a U2 song? Because, you know, U2 are famously like one of the biggest bands of all time. But like, you know, from an outsider point of view, there is no direct connection with what you see on screen to the song. So that was, uh, that was really an exercise in uh, cross-pollination, I think. And what we're looking at is rap's long history and relationship with rock and roll, you know, which goes all the way back to uh, if you're talking like one DMC and Aerosmith in the 80s, or if you're talking about uh, Jay-Z and Linkin Park at the turn of the millennium or the new metal movement, which was a rap rock fusion all the way through to like the modern embrace of the mosh pit uh, most hip-hop gigs if you are like a Travis event or whatever um, down to like the synthesis of what a little Uzi Vert does you know uh, so that's us sort of tapping that philosophy and applying it visually there's also the fact that um, when U2 first started they were a they were a punk band when they were kids you know late 70s so if you look at things like Drill much like Grime and a variety of other like pioneering British musical movements they followed in the lineage and the continuum of you know, punk I'm finding those connections there I'm trying to bridge those intergenerational ideas you know but more than anything I think the most direct connection is it's if you think about the environment that you two you know it's like the Irish, like what they came up in, um, the troubles. Uh, we're talking divides, we're talking opposition, we're talking, you know, war, we're talking the quest for peace, we're talking, you know, all these parallels that are basically just like, it's OG gang shit, basically, bro, you know? So the connections are all there, and it's not arbitrary or just pure shock value or irony, like, I'm open to however people want to interpret that piece of work, but that's just sort of, you know, some of my feelings about it. Was there much convincing to do from, like, your point of view, or were, were people on board with the idea from the off? So I, I did that for a very prolific uh, US commissioner. A number of sort of commissioners, especially in, like, the US space, are very sort of progressive in their thought process. They have so many innovations that, you know, trickle down to the rest of the world. Um, they set the bar often, you know? So that means to do that, to have that innovation mindset, you do have to take, as you put it earlier, like educated risks. You have to be bold, you have to be brave. And I do love, there is a uh, an interest in sort of bravery and boldness, I think, in that uh, US entertainment and media mindset. So I think that's what, you know, there was an embrace by that US team, which I, I don't think I would have been able to get that idea commissioned in the UK personally, I think. I don't think it would have been entirely uh, 
understood, or maybe the wavelength wouldn't have been there, or the kind of um, the audacity. In contrast with like the US scene and the French scene, I think there's a lot that we could um, harness in terms of mindset. The French are very strong on like craft and auteurs. In the US, they're, they're you know they're all about like extravagance, and, and I. I think the UK sometimes needs to question itself, like, what makes the British, what makes us brilliant on, like, a world-class level, and I think that's something we need to do some, like, self-evaluation over as a as a collective scene. Everyone's in this together, EPs, commissioners, directors, we need to do some evaluation, especially in this, like, current period of um, what some might say is, like, a, almost, it's a global, you know, global downturn in music videos, but believe me, if it's, like, if people in the US feel it's rough, or the people in France feel it's rough, it's probably roughest in the UK. I agree with you there. It feels like we always play it safe. We know how to identify our US counterparts. We literally give them Best New Director Award <laughs> every year at the UK MVAs. <laughs> so. so moving on to another project of yours. Chat to me about how the Potter Paper Agenda video came about. That was just me being extravagant. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. That was um, that was a dream come true, to be honest with you. That was imagine like you know growing up on like classic Def Jam. Yeah, that's what that was. That was us just being like we did a Def Jam video. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, I'm literally I'm working for like this is all I ever wanted. When I was a kid, and I'm 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 here standing in the middle of a, a pitch black, airstrip in like in the sticks, um, and there's like a hundred people on this set, and we're gonna try and pull out some something that people haven't quite seen like that before, you know? Because again, like no idea is original. We know people have been doing um, drone lights for goes all the way back to like the mid um, 2010s, you know, when the technology first emerged, maybe even just like slightly before that, but um, I just had it, I saw it in my head for a long time, and what's funny about that one is I pitched that already twice, uh, and I got third time lucky on that one, and that's actually, that's become like a strange sort of cosmic pattern throughout my career that I feel like, you know, I'll have something I'll be like, I know that's like the most evocative idea, but if it gets rejected twice, that's usually like a, that's actually quite a good sign. Like that means when we land, I know we're going to land like usually the third time. What compelled you to take such a bold approach with it? Because you could have just done like a, you know. A standard live session. Yeah, you could, you, you could have, you could have done that, but you chose to, but, uh, UV light on a drone and you chose to have like 100 extras on set like what well, yeah why it just speaks to the creative philosophies that we were discussing earlier and encouraging those someone's got to be like that person like that person might even have to be the martyr but like you know yeah because like you could you could have you could have spelled it out in many different ways probably if it was down to anyone else probably would have been a lot simpler and a lot more like vanilla we're making statements even if we don't realize them you know when i first came into the game i remember saying we had this exchange and we both agreed that we just wanted to like really elevate especially like the arena of like british rap 
videos. That was myself and that. EP just on the same wavelength along with like the commissioner as well like there was a great sort of synergy there we were all like yo let's do something like that feels a little bit forward a little bit you know um I don't want to say words I don't want to call my own shit like quote unquote groundbreaking but like we're definitely you know we're we're just we're just moving with an innovation mindset you know so yeah it feels like you didn't play it safe on that one but that paid off big time and like people know that video it's funny because like the the artist cut did its thing on youtube and then like the actual director's cut has kind of it's developed his own sort of like what some might say is like a bit of an underground sort of following like you know like the the video scene and stuff and i think stuff like that is like really um I, 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 I'm, I'm proud of that stuff you know all i want is you know for people to just like look at the philosophy of something that we do don't like forget the technique look at the actual philosophy of what we do and how we approach things you know and then apply that you know to your to your uh growth and journey and evolution as an artist following on from you not playing it safe yeah oh uh, you you uh, wait, I, I love when you say that by the way because that's like one of the spiciest things that you you're uh, dropping on me it's very um it's very like uh i feel like we've gone into everyday struggle with joe Biden academics territory so we get to the real spicy ones no playing it safe is is an interesting way of, of putting it but um yeah you're probably you're probably right and art can't always be created in a state of safety you find like innovation is not often found in a place of safety like it just is you know stagnation is what you find in a place of safety so um you need sometimes to figure out when it feels right when you've calculated it, you know, you need to step outside that comfort zone, the safe zone, I think. And, uh, or praying there, that's like where the, where uh, the paradigm shift will happen. <laughs> and are there enough risks being taken in music videos these days? You'll find, right now, we're probably in a bit of a, common quote, like a fear market. You know, when you're in a fear market, which is, you know, when the economy's down and people are just sort of um, trying to survive out here, which many people are. And again, I don't want to impose a narrative on anyone, but like, you know, all, all, all of our peers and counterparts in the music video space, you know, everybody's just like trying to hold on to their livelihoods um, in a very choppy market. And you find when people are in that sort of state of uncertainty or fear, you find there's, you know, an increase in safety, right? It's just natural human psychology, right? <laughs> so because of that, because we're in this sort of phase, yeah, there might be a little bit less quote-unquote risk-taking, right? I think we should just stay sort of optimistic because this too shall pass. If, it, if there's anything I've learned, you know, is everything moves in waves. Nothing stays in one particular state. Everything's like in flux all the time. Are you always looking out for the next thing within like music videos, like, I'm talking like format, like yeah, yeah, don't yeah. want to say TikTok, but like you know, more more socially led. Are you? Is that something that you're kind of actively searching? I'm a strong believer in uh, adaption. If you really want to survive this game, you always you want to try and be always thinking like two, three, four, five years ahead. You know. And how do directors stay true in a game where other players have ulterior motives? Ooh. <laughs> this is a dark one. <laughs> I'm playing it agnostic with this answer, sitting on the fence a bit. 
Um, but I think, look, ultimately, especially like in a place of business where, you know, we balance art and commerce, most of us probably have roughly the same objective, which is to, like, we all want the W, pretty much, like every single one of us at every level. Is a music video game set up for directors to fail? This goes back to the idea of why we call it the trenches, basically, Toby, which is, you know, it's a test, bro. You know, it's a test. Look, if you can survive the trenches, you know, you can make it anywhere. I think, I think the space is, it's made to build your character. I think that's a positive example of a mindset shift that's needed, you know, in our space and how we understand it rather than seeing it through an absolute lens of like pessimism, mm -hmm. you know. So, because a lot of people were like, you know, we all, we're all kind of self-deprecating. Like you find the music video space is like one of the most like self-deprecating, self-aware, ironic, um, kind of you know like pseudo 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 pessimistic, miserable sort of like. It was always like you know like um, complaining about it, but like this is what I mean for 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 the preservation of like our mental health and how we how we're able to preserve our mental health working through this world. That's very that's very tough. Um, we need to have those sort. Of, Again, we need to sort of flip things and view them with a little bit of a mindset shift. Yeah, me, 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 me and Toby believe in you. Like, you can do it. Yeah, right? we do. You can do it. You can make it through the trenches and the battlefield. In your eyes, what can progress the music video culture forward so it becomes a fairer game for everyone involved? There's certain things I just like, love to see like, in the next 10 years. I'd love to see more of an injection of uh, personality, I think, as one thing. Uh, a little bit more excitement, a little bit more risk-taking. And I don't just mean with the work, but also with the culture of like music videos. I mean, look, for years, like people have tried to reform things like the pitching process, for example. We still haven't got there because, because of those outdated models. So I think what we need, really, truly, again, I brought up the idea of innovators. So we need people who are innovators when it comes to the business, you know, as well as not, as well as the output, as well as the creativity. We need to look at the actual structure of the business. You know, much respect to all of those that have built this, this business. Um, but to the same token, you know, we don't need the future gatekeepers to just be derivatives of the former gatekeepers. What we need is we need that we do need a new generation of like, especially like EPs and commissioners and directors as well, because again, like we're all in this together. Um, they just need to be thinking, how can we innovate the business of what we do so that um, we can return to rude health? Yeah, yeah, I 100% I agree on that. That was, that was a great answer. The music video game is a cycle of people referencing each other. Yeah. How, like, how do you feel when you see other others copying your work so like i'm, I'm a big sort of proponent of uh hip-hop culture and the philosophy that comes from that sample culture is like such a big part you know of hip-hop and we're all constantly like sampling like all of us from like our influences and things that are sort of buried subconsciously even i think it's fine to sample because that's how like this is all just one big all creativity universally is just one big ideas exchange and you know whether those ideas are being handed down generation by generation whether they're you know being absorbed through peers um i think that's fine 
I think that's cool and I think that's inevitable and I think that's just base human nature because nothing is made in a vacuum ultimately however I do think sometimes maybe you know it's good to have like etiquette or protocol I think there's ways to go about sampling or referencing something you know I'm a big advocate of just you know showing love or respect or supporting as time passes the less I'm inspired um to sample from like peers or the current sort of landscape like a lot of the a lot of my reference points are actually they're deeper in the archives my biggest heroes are like all hip-hop producers pretty much even more than filmmakers so yeah i just think i look at the way that they sampled the way they borrowed the way that they paid homage to the forefathers and mothers whoever else that came before them and i'm like you know okay there's a code there so i think yeah constant referencing trying to develop a little bit of a code um and a, and a, and a best practice approach for how you want to go about something to reference other people just a bit of respect it will it goes a long way definitely because kind of hurts when you see your idea out there but yeah. in other people's hands but yeah no yeah i agree this is one other thing which is i like getting an idea out and I'm actually really, really happy when I see that it's had like a positive influence, even if it's like not the the shot or the technique or the setup or one single component that somebody's taking inspiration from. But they're looking at again, they're looking at the philosophy of like the work. They're looking at the formula, and I like that someone might look at my formula and go, "Oh, that's cool. Like, you know, I could take some things from this formula, and it's going to grow my process." And, wicked like we we're, were cultivating each other and our space like this is all very utopian i get it but like you feel me right like that's the dream right utopia is the dream like as corny as it is so any pain that i might have felt in the past is where like i've had an idea and the video hasn't been released in time and someone else is back someone else has got the idea out before us and that's just like yeah that's like you know that's like we all we all know that feeling right um so I'd say those are the those are the only like really painful instances, you know, of like being lifted from is where you sort of um you end up runner up in getting your idea out into the world, which it happens like happens to the best of us. It's happened to all of us. Um and that's cool. It's flattery at the at the end of the day and I think that's the best way to view it. Yeah. Otherwise you'd you're gonna you're gonna be burning up inside. Yeah. Yeah, many many of us, especially in like the music video medium, need to accept that we are sort of we are our generation's postmodernists. We are the postmodern artists, so it's like we are often, you know, we're we sample heavy, like, mm. you know. Um and many of us do incredible, brilliant um things mm. you know, with those derivatives. So yeah, after you baby. Well yeah, I was gonna ask you what is your ideal time to spend on a project? Because, <laughs> because like you've re- like you've released some fucking great videos in the in the like the last couple of years. Thank you, bro. But like, they have been you know spaced apart. I think that like I'm kind of like referencing the Jasmine Bean videos here. Like I know you spent like a a long time on that. A year. A year. Which is which is nuts because like it's actually it's luxurious yeah. <laughs> to get a year in the music video business. That, it, was, that uh, is that, that is was very circumstantial. But yeah, so but yeah, like you know what I mean. Like 
you get directors, you know, hitting their grind, producing work, doing this, doing that, not stopping. And, yeah, and then and there's then, you doing like one video in one year. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was the kind of philosophy behind that? Yeah. Great question. That's, uh, that's just the quality over quantity through a process, I think. And, uh, you know, if you want to have a curated journey, that's probably like one of the most important ideas that I like to share with like emerging creatives is, you know, curate your journey, curate your output. It's fine to be uh, workmanlike and service the industry and serve different purposes, you know, in this space and have different agendas and different outlooks and different aspirations for ourselves. My end is that, you know, I want, I really love to work on projects that I feel like I love to focus, I love to invest, I love to spend time and build the architecture, like real world building, I think that takes time and that's why I spend, uh, that's why I am involved on those projects by those people for an extended period of time because they get world building, you know, so, and that means that you need time sometimes. So what they take away from us often in this business is, you know, the two things we need the most, which is money and time. So it's like, I always say this, like if you, if you're on a project, um, and the, the money is sort of, you know, if, 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 if that's modest, then uh, offer time. Like, time is money, right? So you give someone more time to perfect the final product. Or if you don't have enough time, then give that person money so that they can, like, they can get the resources together to, like, you, you know? Kind of what is your ideal time to spend on a project? Like, it varies, to be honest with you, man. Like, I've done videos where we only had a week, um... I've done stuff where we were able to spend a year working on it, you know, campaign style. So I'm just grateful if people are willing to give me the time to get invested, truly invested, and to truly dedicate myself into something. I like to work. And that's how I love to work. Like, I find that's the most, like, uh, fulfilling and gratifying way of really being able to work on a project, especially, you know, if you want to truly enjoy the fruits of your labor and the final outcome of it. I just think, like, we're going to make better work, I think, you know, it's, it's just, it's a given, you know, if we can, if you give people a little bit more time to dedicate and invest themselves. Does that like ever worry you that you're not outputting like as much as others, because like the industry would naturally favor them. They would be more, you know, relevant for over a longer period of time. Like how, how do you view, view that? Uh, you know, my experience is different. People will often come to me because they want, maybe they want somebody who's like a little bit more selective rather than like somebody who's too bored, you know? So I don't know, maybe just saying like, maybe that's like a reason why so many artists and creative teams will hit me up to work rather than like going with the person who's more workmanlike. So yeah, I guess it can, it can work both ways, you know? Do you think like the industry favors regular output? Yes and no. I mean, look, again, you know, I look to musicians as like parallel artists to directors. And if we do that, uh, uh, what was the last time Frank Ocean put an album out? Uh, you will wait five years for a new scissor and Kendrick Lamar. Um, again, this is about quality over quantity. And um, I'm never not working <laughs> behind the scenes. Do you ever feel the pressure? to kind of look busy? No, no, 
No, I don't. Um, I don't want to prescribe to those ideas. Those are very, like, feed the algorithm kind of ideas. Um, yeah, I, I don't care about any of that stuff. And that needs to come from a place of, like, self-assurance. This is a tip, especially for, like, you know, emerging creatives and directors. But what you don't show the world is sometimes as important as what you do show the world, what they see. And, like, I kind of view it, like, as in, like, if you're trying to sell clothes, but you don't have, like, an actual physical store, you don't have a shop front, and so it's, like, if, you, if you're if you not promoting on online, it's, like, you do not have a shop, you do not have a front. That's probably true to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, I also feel, like, there is, like, a, a concern that directors, like, turn in, into influencers, kind of influence the younger filmmaker to become a director not for the craft but for the look i mean that's the you know the whole sort of like lifestyle thing which is what it is it's, it's lifestyle that's worked for a lot of people and i think good luck to like those people i don't want to knock anybody who's been uh, a savvy savvy sort of business person because i'm all about like embrace business as a creative as well what i'm actually more curious about is i'm looking for anything that's uh, ubiquitous as an idea or a behavior or a cultural behavior i'm interested in like anyone who is coming along and disrupting our idea a little bit and being uh the antithesis so that's what i'm looking out for you know i'm curious to see who sort of rejects certain uh norms that we've like become used to in this video culture of recent years I feel like you have to be in a different headspace to operate in this sort of industry because otherwise you'll be just searching for validation off of Instagram and we're like which is nice but within five minutes you're gone kind of thing. Never forget how how high the turnover of directors is. It's oversaturated obviously we know this in the digital age so it's a very transient existence but you know it's fine if you want to if you want to be high frequency that's fine. But if you want to take it slow and pace yourself, and if you want to make every moment count, if you want to create moments, if that's what you're about, yeah, like, you might have to go a little bit slower, but, like, each moment is going to be more amplified in the, in the consciousness of others, so... It's, that's a great way to approach it. Like, I feel like I'm trying to do that more within my own work as well, just trying to curate, be more selective. And with that comes greater respect and greater opportunities in the future because i think people recognize it instead of just being like an absolute workhorse that's the definition of integrity but we've had this discussion before where i said like i i recognize like you're you've got a beautiful eye but you've also you've got a great sort of technical sensibility which i really love and i'm really excited to sort of see that develop like over time this guy knows his shit like he knows his shit he's tasteful yeah, man i'd uh, like yeah no i i appreciate that so i feel like i've just been doing a lot of work which is great and it's a, like a great way to kind of experiment and try new things but i feel like i've never been fully on my brand and what i'm curating until like now like and this kind of point in my career i feel like i can say no i can step back can evaluate things and kind of like look further ahead instead of like look next week of like what job i'm doing like you know what i mean i feel you know you're probably still in that first chapter uh, the earlier the earlier chapter of yeah life, for sure of, of your of your story you know 
Um, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think everything is sort of, um, it's running its due course and you're evolving as as is natural. So I think like all of that is like really, it's, it's, it's good stuff, it's positive, man. You know, a note to people out there, you just have to let things run in natural time. Don't fast forward it. Don't reverse it. Just let it, let it run. Yeah. But just take positive steps and evaluate, you know. Have you, have you in a manifesto? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important. That's important. Get that mind map out. Start writing down the pillars of your brand, people. Probably, it'll probably go a long way. I want to say thank you for having me on uh, Drink Champs today. So. <laughs> Cheers, friend. There we go. It's the, the UK Noriega right here. <laughs> <laughs> the Nardwar of the uh... Yeah, was, was this as wild as like some Joe Biden academics, <laughs> Adam 22, no jumper shit? Or... Uh, this was all right. This but, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like diet, diet <laughs> controversy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is good. But yeah, um, Sean, thanks so much for coming through. Highly appreciate you giving us a couple of hours of your time today. But yeah, go follow Sean on all of his socials. They'll be all linked below. Go follow his journey. Go be inspired by his work and his ethics and philosophy. Just an all-round, very, very good guy. She's deep, Toby. Yeah, man. You got yeah, I'm giving you your flowers. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, um, no worries. Love the show. And uh, I want to see you win. Yeah. And I want the show to thrive, and I want to see you win as a DP as well. So, like, this is an exclusive. I'm going to be working with Toby at some point, so keep an eye out for that shit. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's on camera now, so. <laughs> Cheers, bro. <laughs> <laughs>